Hey, hold on. Hey, hey. Yeah, it's your boy Wally V to be is for billions. Yo, what's good? This is your boy 2J, and as always, what drives you? I gotta go back and like redo that. Like I didn't sing that very well. I feel like I could have gave more. Okay. Like and I feel like you could have gave more. I feel like you could have gave a little bit more. Alright. We gotta really sing full out. We gotta come from the diaphragm with it. You feel me? You smarter than that. You know you smarter than that. You feel me? You got to be like that. That's the energy. I don't. I don't feel like it matches the energy of the like rock <laughs> album. I don't think that's the same energy. Respect, respect, respect. Yeah. What drives me? Uh, let's see. What was I gonna say this week? I had it pre-planned. Damn. Oh, that's right. Um, being um, being being the the best version of my final form mm. right yeah. of whatever that is right now right I, that's that's definitely been what's driving me i've been waking up every day at like five not like i'm down planning i'm waking up every day at like 4 45 i'm out walking by five i do like two miles and then i go to the gym and then i work out and then my day starts from there right but I like that it's a part of it's really a part of uh like my therapy to rebuild my self worth in my head. Right. So like that way if anything go wrong in the day, I'm not really phased by it. Cause I, I already got my wins in. Man. I woke up early. Message. You know what I'm saying? I woke up early. I got out the bed on time. I got walking and I hit the gym. Those are my three wins. I listen to my affirmations too. I got to get those wins in. If I get those wins in every day, I haven't had a bad day since. Even when the day seemed like shit. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, oh, like yeah. My car been acting up. It's been acting foolish while I'm driving. I'm just like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I don't know, bro. I don't know yeah. if that's a yeah, all right moment. You know I mean, it's just, it's just, <laughs> I'm not letting it, like, affect my mental. Right, It's right, not, right. it's not, like, it's just making on the to-do list. It's just on the to-do list. You know what I'm saying? And so, that's been driving me. It's just being, I don't know if we got any anime listeners, but like, if you watch Dragon Ball Z, you know, Dragon Ball Z, Goku goes Super Saiyan, his hair turned gold. And then he, every time he level up, his hair changes a different color. And so he, I'm just trying to be the best version of whatever level I'm on at this moment. I feel that. Uh, what drives me? Um, necessity, honestly. Like, I think I put myself in a situation it was strategic but sometimes i'd be feeling like a bit off more than i could chew but um you know not wanting to to be the reason anything goes under you know what i'm saying i can't i can't do that so it's necessary for me to execute at a high level at all times because i feel like i have a lot of people that depend on me um i mean my family first and foremost, you know what I'm saying? And then, um, of course, by extension, 
um, everybody that believes in me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, a lot of people put their faith in me, so I, I just feel an obligation to execute. Like, there, it, there's no excuses. It's necessary. All right. What drives me? Um, honestly, it's at this present moment of this coming week or this next few weeks. It's the fear of the unknown. That's mm. what's driving me. Um, a lot of times, and I'll tie it back to school just because, as y'all are fully aware, I'm, I'm studying to get my master's. And, like, there'd be times where I get down, where I'm like, I'm unsure of what my grades are going to look like, right? And the professor takes too damn long to grade. We didn't already made it past the drop date, so it's like, fuck, if I'm fucked, if my grade ain't looking good, I might be fucked because grades haven't came in yet. And then the grades just started trickling in, and I'm noticing I'm making, like, high A's and grades on, on assignments that I didn't think I did so well on. So mm. it's more so what driving me is the fear of the unknown. That's why I yeah. say that. You be, you be rocking with the chat GBT? The who? Chat GPT. What is that? Like AI. Mm -mm. But, like, you can write essays and stuff. Oh, no. I write it, and then I just listen to it on Word. Got you. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't be a student. Nope. Right. This shit is difficult. Don't I get it twisted. out. I don't think it's that difficult. I would get kicked out. Why? Because chat GPT. Oh, for plagiarism and shit? We don't use that word. Uh, it's, it's AI. You down with other we're people's words? We're not, we're, we're not plagiarizing. <laughs> you down with other people's words? We're just creating essays, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh. So what we on, man? That, it must be really early. We really feeling this early today. Bruh. It's, listen, let me tell you something. I want to thank 2J. Okay. Right. Yeah, give it up for 2J. <laughs> 2J, 2J really, uh, he really let me know how much I don't have tolerance for people who, who get drunk. I am so dead. Like, he really let me, I, I'm, I haven't been around like just drunk people since I was like completely 100% sober. In a while, right? And that nigga was drunk on Saturday, and I immediately was like, "You was irritated?" Nah, bro. Nah, I'm not. We can't do this no more. Like, oh, no more alcoholic for you, my friend. No, he can drink as much alcohol as he wants to. I can't dictate what the fuck he do, but I can't kick it with super wasted people like that. Mm. My patience be like out of there, super quick, faster in a hurry. You know what I'm saying? So. Thank you, 2J. Yeah, no trip. so dead. I bro. appreciate that. Was I really that fucked up? Yes, nigga. You was you like getting beside yourself. High right? key okay. annoying me mm -hmm. on the drive home. And then the car stopped. And he was like twice as annoying. Uh, well, well you, just, you just be babbling? Like you just be yes. talking? Yes. I, I couldn't remember. Um, After that second bottle of wine? Bro, I couldn't remember. You said second bottle. Listen, Mike was there too. Shout out to Mikey. Mike MC in the building. You feel me? Holla. Mike got a little, he got a little buzz on, but Mike was cool. Mike said, you know what? I'm at that moment. I'm here. I'm going home. I'm going to sit on the couch, watch some TV, pass the fuck out. Right. That's the dub. Yeah, he should. This was 2J. <laughs> Bro, let's go out. Let's go to Dallas. Let's oh, go yeah, to that. I'm going home. To lay in my bed so I can get up at five o'clock tomorrow and go do my shit. No, who's you? Speaking drunk, Jib, drunk nigga, Jib. 
drunk nigga jib. Like, I was like, mm, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, yeah, I'm kind of, I think I'm with you. I'm not, I'm, I'm not beyond the yeah. overly fucked. Because I like, I used to have to carry people and bathe people and nah. clean up after people. And yeah, it's I'm, too much. I'm far too sober for that shit. Far too but sober. But I get, I, you know, I drink every now and then. But like, even, even when I do, like on my birthday or whatever, like I turned up. But even then, like, I, I just don't see myself drinking to the point of, I don't even know what the word would be, idiocracy. You know what I'm belligerent. saying? Belligerent. You're belligerent, and you're just completely just out of order. Because mm. uh-uh. I don't want nobody to look at me like, dang, now I got to take care of this. I don't like that. I don't like that feeling. Right. You know what I'm saying? I like to be able to control my decisions and not have to worry about somebody trying to sun me. So PSA to everybody, don't ride with my ass no. Don't rob me. If you if you if you, you if on you your twist. own. So if you I, we I going out. Uber, if we going out, cool. You not ride home with me. But what we on. on? What we on? What we on? All right. So I don't know where this topic came from. It just kind of hit me one day. Uh, we talking about uh desperation. It was originally written down as the desperation coin, like take versus create. Like why what about desperation causes people to go into a mindset where they feel that their only options are to take from the other people around them. Mm. Right. And as I as I dug and I dug a lot, bruh. And it was just very limited information out there because I, I don't know, maybe it's just not something that people are looking to study heavily. Uh, there's all, there's a small correlation between desperation and drug abuse and alcoholism, right? Which makes sense, right? But there wasn't a lot of just, you know, what causes people to go into a negative space as far as uh, being desperate and making decisions that are going to affect them for the rest of their lives negatively but what i did find was a little piece on the polar opposites desperation and inspiration right so the coin would be one coin and then one side would be desperation and the other side would be inspiration right and desperation would fall into the the portion where people feel the need to take from other people and and the other side of the coin is where people find a level of inspiration and decide that now is the time I need to start creating something. Something got to move and we're going to make it happen. And I mean, it's the same thing in either direction. Something got to move and we're going to make it happen. But on one side, it's something that's not going to benefit. And then the other side is something that's going to grow. Right. Absolutely. I don't know what, like, as far as the whole drug dependency, alcohol thing, that's real. You know what I'm saying? When you have a an addiction, like a chemical addiction to something, and you don't have what you would consider to be the means to supply your habit, you're going to get it from anywhere you can get it. And I, I don't, you know, I've only really seen it for myself once, but I know other people who had like parents who struggle with stuff like that. Yeah. And would run up in the crib and, you know, ramsack the crib looking for something that they could take. You know what I'm saying? It's just the, yeah. it's just the nature of the beast. So you definitely got to be careful with uh, the things you experiment with. Um, but I, you know, I, I think we were just talking about this while it be like uh, inspiration. I think 
uh, is necessary, but I think that people often miss uh, miscategorize inspiration. Like they look at inspiration like it's this uh, this spirit that hovers above you and lands on your shoulders and touches you, and now you have the keys to the universe. Yeah, and I don't think it necessarily works that way. I think it starts with the inner desire of your own to want to do better, be better. Um, and while in that thought, <clears throat> you try to come up with ways to make that happen. And as you stew and meditate and, and will yourself into this person that you want to be, you find inspiration in your small wins. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's how you get to the point where you are inspired because yeah. you've actually inspired yourself. A lot of people think that it's an outward thing. And not saying that doesn't exist. I do believe in the law of attraction. I do believe that things that people have gifts. I do believe that the universe works in and through people and people can receive benevolence and grace from the universe. But I do also think that there's a lot of power in a person's will and a lot of power in a person's um, disposition to, to decide for themselves to improve. I think the quote is that, you know, God helps those who helps themselves. Right. Right. So I, I 100% agree, but I also think that there's a leading factor that goes into inspiring yourself, right? If you are in a spot where you seem hopeless, where things seem hopeless, I think the first step is to seek out inspiration to kind of like fill the, the gas tank. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And then as you start to create the person you want to become, it's almost like that gas just refuels itself, mm -hmm. right? You find inspiration in your own actions and in your own accomplishments in your own daily wins right and that that drives you to the next to the Absolutely. next dub the next win the next inspiration inspiring moment when you say seek inspiration though are you talking like from outward inspiration yeah. from work now are you talking about like a, a higher power uh like what, what would be, that, what would it that could be whatever whatever you feel like you need wherever you need to seek inspiration from if you feel like you need to religiously seek inspiration right uh you know talk to god or whatever it is people talk to or whoever it is they talk to i talk to god you know what i'm talking about but or you know about? <laughs> I, me and god we, we keep it a hundred he be talking to me right or if you um like listen to somebody who you look up to you know i i, I just watched a video on this yesterday it says if you want to uh, start to see a change or be successful, emulate the person who you most admire as far as success goes, right? Who is, of course, winning in the legitimate way, right? And emulate that person's, you know, lifestyle. Yes. Yeah. Well, not, not lifestyle from like a, not like cars, clothes, but yeah. Like mentality. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. I you know what I'm saying? I feel that. And then as you, as you continuously do that you will see the changes in yourself and then you will become your own inspiration like you said i do think it's a big choice i think people you know i i learned this in like an anger management class that it's really you really people only really choose one or two things your brain can't do both which is where the multitasking episode came from here we go with this shit again <laughs> your, your brain can't do both you can't be depressed uh desperate right and down in the dumps and seeking um inspiration and creating and creating growth you know what i'm talking about your brain and, and you can't it has to choose one 
in that moment or in, like you, over a, over a span of time in the moment you can't do both mm-hmm. you'll choose one right right, right. you you can't do both in the moment i got you like yeah. you're either depressed or you're grateful right and once you choose one it'll domino effect in that direction absolutely right and like you've already said it'll magnify right so you'll you'll see a bigger picture on one side as opposed to magnifying the dot that's kind of that you feel is ruining the the painting as a whole yeah i'm looking at you too jay i'm waiting yeah, for you to say something oh well i was just taking it all <laughs> in i was just taking it all in yo um, listen to both sides whoa <laughs> Nigga, you gay. Really? Hey, bro, you just want to have second it all in, bro. <laughs> when I need you, well, nigga, you gay, you slow on it. But when yeah, you... <laughs> I got to do better. I got to do better. It's early. Right? Um, Just what I was thinking about when you were saying that, was it was, when you were saying seeking uh, inspiration was like internal or external inspiration. Like you can inspire yourself to want to be to a level of greatness or like you were saying earlier to reach your, your best version of your final form. Um, or you could be one of those individuals that need to, to garner some like positive advice from someone else and that's a way of you seeking inspiration. It's by getting yourself around your creative mojo or your creative juices, if you will. Um, and desperation, I see it as a positive and a negative, a necessary negative. Um, because it's, it's in those mere moments where you're down in the dumps where you, like you said, you only have two options. Either you're going to fight it or you're going to flight it. You're going to go up against it and try your best to, to reach that final form or to, to get yourself out of that rut um, by seeking either internal or external um, inspiration or uh, you're going to weather in it and die. I agree. I think that a lot of it, a lot of the problem with that is like you don't know how long it takes for you to do irreparable damage though when you you're down like that you know what i'm saying when you're like when you're depressed and low um and you don't have any inspiration you know the clock is ticking you know what i'm saying in that time in space you're very likely to do some very self-destructive things mm-hmm. whether it's having self-destructive thoughts or deciding to isolate yourself from people damaging relationships steal from people you know what i'm saying like do things that you would normally not do if you were quote unquote in your right mind. So, you know, how do you, um, you know, how do you number one recognize, you know, when you are in that depressive state to the point where you're near desperation and how long, you know, how much time do you think a person who is like dealing with something like grief or something like, how long do you think that that person should, should be able to be in that space without doing irreparable damage? And I'm sure it's case by case, but just as a, you know, just as a general. I think that, um, I don't think that anybody should sit in a space of any type of grief for too long. I would say at most a week. I, I, a week? I, I, think, a week. I think it's day. I think it's person by person, right? So this is a tough question to answer, right? Because so, like we, like I said before the pod started, some people are more mentally fragile, right? So their the walls of their minds are are more like glass you know what i'm saying like they have a sense of like the glass can the glass right here can keep the weather out it can keep out rain it can keep out wind it can keep out you know it keep out things but if that wind hit a certain mile per hour their glass is gonna go right if if the uh if you know lightning strike that glass probably gonna blow 
right it, it only it's only a certain amount of force right as opposed to a brick wall mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so i think that first the first thing that needs to happen is that people need to identify where they are as far as their mental fortitude and their ability to handle um problems in a low state and if you feel that you are a more fragile person which there's nothing wrong with you don't know why it is you like that you don't know you know what i'm saying what might have caused you, you to be more susceptible to uh the moving winds of life whatever right but you you gotta identify it first and then once you've identified it you gotta you gotta know like if i'm more fragile i can't spend a lot of time down here mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying if i'm a more fragile person mentally i can't spend a week in this i gotta i can spend maybe a day maybe two and then i gotta start looking for inspiration that just takes an incredibly deep understanding of self though to come to that type of conclusion and, and think about it in that way because bro when when i was in my in my lowest like i wasn't thinking about that you know what i'm saying like i knew it but it, it wasn't a conscious thought it really wasn't until i really looked up and i saw that like dang bro like you have been in this bed bro like you haven't even been interacting with your kids like you normally do and yeah. you love them you know what i'm saying and it's strange because in that particular season like i i uh i tethered myself to my kiddos you know what I'm saying? They were all that I felt like I had. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that was really my 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 realization. And uh and I feel like, you know, I consider myself to be a pretty uh I, I feel like I know myself pretty well. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm a critical thinker and I know how to, you know, move, you know, in and out of situations. So for people who may not have that level of awareness, it's like, dang, what what about them? Like what do they do? You know, how what are the what are the things that they can you know what are the red flags they can look for in their behavior to alert them like hey 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 don't do that get out of there you yeah. know what i'm saying what does that look like I, that's tough you know what i mean i me myself being in a very down and out state i've been pretty low like pretty 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 low like really low and I I guess I'm aware enough to know that big red out of character red flags. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like things that are abnormal to what I normally like. Like I I guess I, guess I said in the last episode, like I know what a hundred percent of myself looks like, right? And I know what when I've reached a limit. I, my therapist asked me this. She was like, "What's the what's the lowest you've ever been, or you? What's the lowest version of yourself?" right where it gets to a certain point where you like uh-uh and i was like like 40 percent 30 percent if it gets somewhere in there mm -hmm. that's when the the you know the pilot lights start trying to get get the fire going mm -hmm. right it's a auto it's almost like on autopilot i can't you know it's not nothing really super conscious it's just like okay i'm getting at a point where this is i'm feeling i'm the self-talk in my head is bad mm -hmm. right and so that's when i came to the realization of i gotta get i gotta get a win every day it's a negative thought mm. right or so like negative thoughts are just thoughts of uh like inflicting pain upon you like what was negative like bad like how i look at myself how i feel about myself like you know self-esteem type stuff yeah when it's mm -hmm. when it's when the worth when my self-worth gets low i 
to that 40 30 percent feel that's when it's like we got to do something we got to make something yeah you gotta make something shake make yeah. something shake. you gotta make something shake um I, i'm a victim of that i would say i'm a victim of that um how do you get out of it but for me it takes me roughly about a week if i'm going through something like really really bad or if i start to self-isolate or self-sabotage if you will um it takes me about a week to get out of it get out of that rut i have to build up a routine of something whether it's a negative habit or a positive habit i need to just replace whatever got me just stuck in the moment or stuck in those thoughts uh just get up and be active whether it's just going to a bar or something what's of that a negative habit um like drinking or smoking like just doing that constantly just waking up to smoke and drink waking up to smoke and drink and you think that gets you out of that no, just like me being active, just the act of me being active. So even though it's a negative habit, like I'm getting up to drink and smoke, but it's better than me just sitting all day. But so is it being though? in my thoughts? So yeah. sitting, so sitting is the cue for you to realize I got to get up and do something. Right. So why don't you get up and do something that's not killing you? That's a good question. That's why I made that point. I was like, whether it's positive or negative, I just got, the first thing is for me to start a routine of getting active, whatever that active looks like. For me, some days it could be, okay, you know what? I don't really feel like doing much, but I gotta do something other than just sitting in this rut or being in my thoughts or being in my head. So, you know what? I'm gonna go walk. And when I'm walking, I'm gonna go smoke a cigarette on that walk. Um, the next day, you know what? I'm gonna get on Madden and play play a couple games of Madden, move my get my head to thinking, taking my mind off of whatever I was thinking about. Um, and I'm gonna drink a beer while doing it. It might be four or five beers in later. I'm playing four or five games. Okay, cool. I'm doing something different. And then by the third day, it's like, you know what? Smoking, nah, I don't really need to be doing that. Drinking, nah, I really don't need to be doing that. The other stuff that I was doing in conjunction with it wasn't too bad, but how can I incorporate that shit together? And then on the next day, it'd be something better. And then it started at the fourth and fifth day, it'd be all positive. Oh, well, at least you got a, you know, you got a what, what, five step program, oh, what they be calling it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> rehab. Like, I ain't never been to rehab, but I yeah. respect it. It's just, you know, so making sure that you're aware of your self worth, making sure that you're not isolating yourself from the people that you care about, and making sure that you're not sitting still too long um, or being inactive too long. Definitely red flags to let you know that. You know you're in a state of desperation and you need to seek some help now flipping that in you know on the other side of that you're we talking about creating creating the the uh i guess what would you say because we were talking about people in a state of desperation taking things from other people yeah as opposed to being uh creating opportunities for yourself to get the things that you want like i don't think people really understand the power that comes with uh the bounce back like when you when you bounce back from something traumatic like you not only um have a testimony of how you dealt with something bad that could be an inspiration to other people but you also have it's like a, a character badge you know what i'm saying like you've you've built something within yourself that can be lasting and permanent that keeps you permanently out of that kind of situation and you can apply that to different areas of your life too and it's all for the win you know what i'm saying every every door leads to another door and you just want to make sure you're walking through the right doors. <clears throat> and when you don't give yourself an opportunity to get that badge and create that opportunity for yourself, you start walking into other people's doors. You know what I'm saying? That's not what you want. I think that that is it's important that because you said uh, earlier that you have to create inspiration for yourself and inspiration 
and i think are is very close relative to opportunity oh yeah right and so a lot of times people wait for inspiration to come to them mm -hmm. or they wait for opportunity to come to them when sometimes you gotta i guess make some shake you gotta create the opportunity uh whatever it is and and that first step of creating the creating of the opportunity and then the creating of keeping the opportunity alive right because the opportunity isn't just the first step of doing it or or being in front of you or the realization that oh i have an opportunity to do this thing but the opportunity is keeping it alive maintaining mm -hmm. it right and every time like this like the pod bro like three seasons a year and a half in mm -hmm. right when the idea for this came out of desperation i was homeless you know what i'm saying and so it was really it was really that it was that moment where the self-talk got bad right and it was like i gotta create something and so i just started writing ideas down and so the I, the pod was one of those ideas and it was the most realistic idea that i could do at the moment right you know what i'm saying and so it was like oh yeah we can make this happen this could become a real thing and then boom talk here talk there right here right there plan here plan there boom podcast choice right choices a series of decisions that were made with the intent to achieve a goal that's what you did but i you know the problem with that is i think that i'm we were raised i don't know okay i can't say we i can say i was raised that I, there's always opportunities out there you just gotta go find them or create them right there's always opportunities right you there's never not an opportunity you're never at a point where opportunities don't exist right right that's just how i was raised there's always opportunities go get one or go make one right and i think for a lot of people who who come from maybe impoverished families uh who come from generational curses who come from uh families where uh criminality is normal they might not see those same opportunities they might see they might see the light they might see life through a lens of desperation mm, that's whew, that's tough because it's like damn like if all you see is that you don't even know how to recognize opportunity exactly so what do you do when opportunities is in front of you or how do you create opportunities if you don't even know what opportunity look like you got to latch yourself to somebody who does like you have to connect yourself with somebody who does know what that means you know who does know what that looks like which requires you to to do something different than you've always done um you don't necessarily have to know what is ahead of you all you got to do is walk you know what yeah. i'm saying all you got to do is take them steps and if you look at your life and you're not happy with, with what your life is or what your family's history is you always have so long as you have the ability to wake up and control your mind and control your limbs you always have the opportunity to make a decision that's different than the ones you made before so how do how do kids do that children yeah so how do children make choices how do children identify people who are um who are opportunistic when they are when they themselves are not in the situation when they go home to an unopportunistic environment uh that's a really good question 
um, if the parenting and leadership at the house is not there and the mentorship is not in the school, then they don't really have any out because their minds aren't developed enough for them to have a, a greater, a great enough understanding of themselves and what the danger is they're actually in is to even feel motivated to make that type of observation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's really nothing a child can do. Um, life is just going to have to do life until something clicks. Uh, which is really really sad my aunt was a third grade teacher right and uh she worked in uh she worked in the hood you know what i'm saying she worked at an elementary school in the hood and she would get these she would get kids from the second grade who would come to the third grade and they would just be it would be all bad you know what i'm saying like they wouldn't be prepared they would be behind and she was just uh she was a, a super saiyan teacher you know what i'm saying next level she would get them all up to where they're supposed to be and then get them ahead right and she used to say all the time that the parents just were inactive mm -hmm. right completely inactive and it and I, I never lost that thought in my head and i was a i wasn't even a teenager i was a middle schooler then you know what i'm saying and so um, or barely a teenager, right? And I just never lost that thought of what do kids do when all they see is desperation around them? You see people scrambling with the crab mentality, uh, crabs in a bucket mentality, uh, trying to get one one person trying to get up, another person trying to pull them down. Like what? What? How do kids escape that? Right? Because then those kids become adults, and and those uh and that desperation is sewn in is seeded into them and it's grown and now they are an adult and now they are in the same mentality that the people that they live with and my aunt used to say it all the time she used to be like i can only do so much when the majority of the time is spent with the people at home and the people at home are you know what i'm talking about they not they're not doing anything to help they're really kind of prolonging the damage uh it's it, that stuff like that it's, it's literally gonna have to be exposure and that's why it's so important that we don't take funding away from schools um you can't you can't expect kids to come to school with the same understanding of life as other kids um because everybody has a different walk which is why you have to introduce all of the kids to the same types of information that may be different with different what all of the kids ex experience on the day-to-day which is why things like, you know, invention convention or science fair or field trips or, uh, you know, bring parents, you know, go to work with, your, you know, with your parents, that things like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's literally just exposure to things that's outside of their norm. But again, like a child can't do that by themselves. Right. It all comes down to mentorship and guidance and leadership from the parents or from the educators. Well then, for those kids who don't, like for example, because I've been through a similar situation, um, even most recently, where like like you, Wally B, I had been faced with homelessness when I was attending school. And you go to school, you feel like there's a, a sense of opportunity. And then whenever you get back to your home of residence, you feel like there's little to no opportunity. Well then, that typically leads into you trying to you find some way to bring where you feel the most opportunistic into your day to day, even when you're outside of that. So what does that look like? I think that's what you're posing. Like, that's the question. Like, how would they get themselves um, to feel like there's opportunity when the opportunity around them and where they're going to be at for the majority of the day is non-existent?
Right, we're talking about kids, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, that is what I'm saying. That's and so, one suggestion I would think of, which may be bad for some, um, depending on the scenario, but find that one space in that room and where you can just be yourself or you can bring the learning environment that makes you the most happiest into your day-to-day. Um, some people can get lost in reading that way um, they end up they in another place of taking their mind off of what's currently going on so that way they won't see or be ob- observant too much of the downside of their circumstance that's a good point reading is definitely a way that's tough to do reading though. is definitely that's tough to do a way you... out for a kid reading bro yeah. reading that is a really good point but I didn't even think of that that's tough to do when you live in a toxic environment read yeah I mean but look at Matilda bro but it's kind of like a smoke she break. Was a genius. But like, <laughs> yeah, telepathy. I was like, that's a little fictional. But yeah, I understand. But that's still hard to do. Even she had anxiety. Mm-hmm. Fact. If you if you watch that movie, uh, my wife pointed out, she was like that scene where she's standing. You know what I'm talking about? Where they were in the 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 they were doing fitness. They're doing physical ed, and she's standing. Well, you talk about the new one or the yeah, original the one? Oh, I, I was thinking about the original material. No, the the new one where the she musical. was standing and she's you know that sound in your head, but that's anxiety. Even she had anxiety, Fact. right? And she had an escape. She escaped through books, but she still had anxiety. You know what I'm saying? You gotta like, so, you gotta learn to deal with that. You know what I mean? As a, as a kid, when you live in a toxic environment, and, and 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 all you see is desperation, all you see is negativity, all you see is you know people wallowing in the mud, fighting, scrambling to try to get out, right? You know what I mean? Like, what do you do? How do you know what I'm saying? You like, and. and and by nature, now they now they depress because they feel like I ain't got no escape. I have nowhere else to go, right? And let's say we do do field trips and things like that, and um, you gotta pay ten dollars to go to the field trip, and they parents ain't got the ten dollars. Man, that just furthered the depression and furthered the desperation and furthered the the idea that that life isn't giving them any opportunities. And when you watching people who go on every single field trip. You watching yeah, people? We, you watching? That should not be allowed, bro. Like, watching, you should not be. You that should not be a thing. You watching kids who, who at whose parents is at every event. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is involved in everything they do. You know what I'm saying? Like what for a kid who don't have none of that? Yeah. In a desperate ass environment, in a toxic environment, where do they find inspiration? Because the only way to counterbalance. A lot of this shit, a lot of this generational shit, a lot of this generational depression, you gotta change the next generation. Right? But that takes activeness from the current generation. Mm-hmm. Right. So this child, unfortunately, may have to bear the weight of this for a very long time, bro. Until so they're old enough and their brain is developed enough for them to realize I need to do something different. And, you know, even though they may have been indoctrinized to this way of life and this way of thinking, like, there's still, I mean, I, I just feel like once you become an adult, you have to take some level of responsibility for yourself and your actions, even though you're at a disadvantage, not saying that, you know, you can't make mistakes or you, you can't be how you are and you we can't um, link how you are to your past. But I do think at some point, like, there's enough information at hand especially with with phones now yeah and information like 
you you it's it's hard not to be exposed you know what i'm saying to different things like you, you i feel like it becomes self-sabotaging just a, a, a decision to stay because you're comfortable with that now as opposed to trying something new kids are different but i, I think adults have a much stronger grip on their uh their choices and their ability to control their fate yeah i you know and i'm just being devil advocate devil's advocate right because i just feel like you're talking like 18 20 years of a habit you know what i mean like i have to singularly break 18 years of a habit i did not create mm -hmm. you do it's all it's not easy right but it's necessary and then you gotta and you have to look at opportunities that you where you put yourself in spaces to be probably the most uncomfortable you've ever been in your life and for a lot of people that is impossible right mm. mentally because mentally you've only been surviving right and survival is just i just got to do enough to stay alive right now you're going from I got to do enough to stay alive to I got to grow. And that is a next level of strength that I think when you when you take somebody who's been dealing with the childhood like they've been dealing with for 20 years and then um the people that are around them for that long they themselves have to literally power out of all of that fight off relationships that they don't know that they might have what's that what's that thing where uh the victim gets attached to the to the uh oh yeah i know you're talking about i, I don't know what the name of it is um, he said it a couple like an episode sometime you know what i'm talking about yeah where the where the victim gets attached to the uh the attacker or whatever it is right and and they'll defend them they'll fight for them mm -hmm. i don't know what the if y'all know what it's called Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Right. Where they get super attached to their attacker, to their to their abuser. You know what I'm saying? I know somebody like that. I know somebody who can't who can't fight off their family mm. because they are afraid of losing those relationships, but they not relationships they need to have. Man. I feel you. <laughs> I feel you though. You know what I'm saying? And, so, and what we're telling them is you you gotta do it all mm -hmm. the whole thing and it's like bruh i just barely survived this fucking family do you tell me i gotta change the whole family around too nah you just gotta change you like if like that's what i'm saying like but i mean like they bear the weight of the the family name you know what i'm saying they you already you already feel in the type of way you already like you said you survived this family okay cool you you if you're not going to take a leadership position within the family to change the family dynamic, then you need to move around because you already know. You already know. You, you know it's a problem. You know it's an issue. You know you need to get out of there. You know it's bad. And that's the thing. Like, you know better, you do better. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's easy. I'm not saying that it's necessarily practical for everybody to do it immediately. But I just feel like, you know, it's only so, time, it's only so many times you're going to stab me with a knife before I start avoiding the knife and getting out of the vicinity of the knife that sounds so easy it, it it's it's simple it is it's simple. not easy it's simple though it's, just do it 
and, and deal with the heartbreak and growing pains that come with that and knowing that you're growing into something else. And that's that's what I was saying. Like each door leads to another door. If you just say, you know what, I'm going to stop showing up to these events that I know these people are going to be at and start there. You know what I'm saying? And then go to, I'm going to stop reach. I'm going to stop returning calls. And I'm gonna, and this sounds so toxic. I'm not trying to tell people to, to divide themselves from their families, but I any mean, toxic presence in your is life is what, what I'm it talking is, about. Bro, if your family is toxic as fuck, it's always the people closest to you that's trying to pull you down. Facts. You know what I'm saying? It's always the niggas closest to you that's trying to drag you down when you're trying to move. I'm, I'm telling you, I know somebody. I've watched somebody. Right? I'm watching them from a distance we not really cool now nah, let me phrase that we not cool at all but watching them and, and hearing about them and hearing how they deal with like you know what i mean they like they are being they're trying to grow they are very aware that i have to get the fuck up out of here but the people around them the people that the people that um they family that makes up that it comprises their family are the ones that are you know, holding on to the ankles, holding on to their legs and pulling them down and holding them down and bringing them down. Right. And making it hard for growth and escape. Because what? Misery loves company. Right. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, we can't leave the episode like this. This is just, it feels like it's just so dark. We got to give people an out, bro. What's the out? Like, how do, how do these people who are under oh, these particular man. circumstances get you, out? I should have sent you a sound of this TikTok from this woman, right? And then she said, um, hold on. I think I might be able to find it real fast. I might be able to find it real fast. Let me see how quick Wally B is on on, on, on the TikTok jump. Hold on, right? Tick, tick, tick. I'm not gonna be able to find it. I'm not going to be able to find it. All right, but there's this TikTok. Ooh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you shut the fuck up. <laughs> right, but there's this TikTok of this lady, right? It's a funny TikTok. And she come, she jump out this closet, right? And she looks, she's, she's like, you know, there was a point in time in my life where I used to be afraid of losing people because I didn't want to lose the relationship. But fuck them now. Fuck them now. Fuck them. And that's just what it is, bro. You just gotta say fuck them, right? It's either you or them. I live like that. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Listen, Wally B himself. I live like that 100. Like it's either me or you. I've lived like that since I was a little kid. You know, I don't want to say this, but I always knew I had a um a, a bit of an ability to take human life just because I was always aware that if my life was ever in danger, it's always me over you. Every time, 10 out of 10, 100 out of 100,000 out of 1,000 times, I'm always picking my life over your life. So if you gotta die, you gotta die. But I'm staying alive, right? And I don't care if that's mentally, spiritually, whatever. Bro, you gotta, it's you or them. <laughs> Simple as that. Is y'all yeah. or them? Is y'all or y'all people? Or is y'all or y'all friends? Or is y'all or y'all those toxic ass parents y'all got? Is y'all? So it's either fuck them, fuck them and move around, bro. Fuck those relationships. You get new ones. Family ain't family ain't family is not made of blood. Family is the people who you choose to love and those who choose to love you back. Period. You smarter than that. 
Later in the episode, while it be this episode, was so depressing. <laughs> I mean, it'd be like that sometimes. It'd be like that sometimes, but yeah. we gave you all of the facts. Hey. And we gave you all hey. of the stats. Hey. Episode. You know you're smarter than that. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know you're smarter than that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck yeah. him, fuck him, fuck him, fuck him. Fuck him now. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Fuck him now. Fuck him, fuck him. Nigga, you gay. Ha <laughs> <laughs>